We tend to focus on Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, but CJ McCollum has quietly been having a great year for the New Orleans Pelicans. I'll break down how he's adapted his game this season and why it's key to the Pels' success. Plus, the injury report is filled up yet again. What happened? It's a Friday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans. Your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you on this Friday, final show of the week, a really fun week of Locked On Pelicans. We're going to break down CJ McCollum over the first two segments. I'm going to give you the injury updates you need to know for their game against the Denver Nuggets on national TV. Are we back to the national TV curse? Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. I'll give you what you need to know in the third segment. Of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are the number one Pelicans podcast. It's been kind of a banner week here at Locked On Pelicans, so I appreciate all y'all who've tuned in, whether you're at every day or listening Monday through Friday or just picking one show to listen to. We've had some big wins, broken down some trade rumors. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. No one else comes to you like this. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We got more to talk about. We're going to keep going. We crossed 9,000 subscribers here for a Pelicans only show, which is kind of insane to me. So it's been a lot of fun. And again, I really appreciate all of you and everything that you've done to make Locked On Pelicans successful. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. CJ McCollum, he's the third star, right? This is not a Zion Williamson, a Brandon Ingram, but just as important a player for this team this season. He has secretly been having a tremendous year. And if you look at his per game numbers, you might look at the scoring and go, wait, no, Jake, you're wrong. He's having a down year here. That's not the case whatsoever. Yes, his points per game for his career is kind of down. He's averaging 19.7 points per game this season. That's down basically since like the first time he became a starter. If you look at his career, the first two years in Portland, he was a role player off the bench. His third year, he went from playing 15.7 minutes to 34.8 and went from averaging 6.8 points per game to 20.8 that season, a 14-point increase. He won most improved player that year, and he's basically been entrenched as as a starter and a 20 point per game score ever since then. But this year, right now, he's not a 20 point per game score. Does that mean something is going on? Is something off? Is he having a down year? And I'm here to tell you like, no, he's not. What he's doing when you look at his numbers this year and more importantly, his shot chart and how he's changed the shots and his usage this season, he's having a very good year. 
and it's leading the team to have to, to get more wins, right? At the end of the day, this is about winning basketball games over individual numbers, and you're seeing all three of the stars in Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, and CJ McCollum doing that more this year. But CJ is the one that I think has made the biggest adjustments to his game, and he deserves praise and a lot of credit for this, right? When they traded for him, they wanted him to be a point guard originally. They said they could see him as a primary ball handler, as like a off-the-dribble shooter scorer for this team. And while he's done that role, last year it wasn't the best. And this year, with a healthy Zion Williamson, with a healthy Brandon Ingram, he's moved more to playing off-ball. And you see it in his shot chart this year. This is a guy who loves the mid-range, but he's shooting, in terms of his points scored this season, when you look at percentage of the points scored from mid-range, it's down 5% this year. You know, he is acting as a spot-up shooter significantly more than he was last season. Last season, he was shooting spot-up attempts 16.5% of the time when he would take shots. He was scoring 1.17 points per possession during that. This season, his spot-up attempts are up to 23.2, so almost a quarter of all of his shots have been spot-up attempts. He's shooting on those in terms of points per possession, 1.32. That's a significant boost of that. When you look at his shot chart, his shot selection here, which I have in front of me here, you know, the percentage of field goal attempts by distance is something that I love on basketball reference. He's taking fewer two-pointers than he really ever has before. Right At the rim shots are 10% of his shot attempts. Mid-range is just 20% of his shot attempt, or short mid-range, 3 to 10 feet, so in the paint, 20%. Those mid-range shots and long mid-range shots both down significantly this season. And three-point attempts are up in terms of what his overall shot is. He's taking 52.1% of his shot attempts from three this season. That's up from just 40.4 last season. His career is just 37.1. He's shooting, or he's taking 52, he's like, it's 52% of his shots are from three. That's incredible, right? When you look at his shot chart and more of the data behind it, he's doing them in catch and shoot situations, right? So spotting up, getting the ball, and launching them here. You know, 4.6 of all of his attempts are on zero dribbles, like pure catch and shoot situations. He's taking eight attempts per game, so more than half of them are coming on zero dribbles. Catch and shoot scenarios. And here's the thing, he's thriving in this role. Yes, the overall numbers are down because his usage rate is down. I'm building up to where we get to his field goal, his three-point percentage and all of that, right? His usage rate is down. He's a guy that, look, has been a star player, might want the ball in his hands to go and attack and kind of do his thing, but it's not. His usage rate is basically the lowest it's been since he became a full-time starter in the league. If you ignore those first two years in the league from him, his usage rate is the lowest that it's ever been by, you know, a couple of percentage points. And you don't hear him complaining. He's just going out and trying to help this team win. More on that in his leadership in the next segment here. And defensively too. 
So, yeah, his scoring's down, but when you get into some of the compound advanced metrics that measure offensive impact, they're actually all up across the board. Win shares for him are up. You know, his offense box plus minus is up. Those sorts of things are all significantly higher than they've been in a minute for him, which really tells you how well he's playing. And it's because of the three-point shooting. And it's elevating this Pelicans offense in a way that it really hasn't been elevated before in something that they need. And I have some numbers to share with that. So CJ McCollum this season is shooting 44.7% from three. When you look at guards, just guards that are playing over 20 minutes, that's ninth best in the league. This is not going to make him an all-star. You know, the assist numbers are slightly down from him. But overall, he's playing the role that the team needs him to do is they've really started to unlock things offensively, which is involved shooting more threes, right? We've complained about the offense. We've worried about the offense. They just put up 141 points against the Golden State Warriors on Wednesday night. The team from going from a bottom third offense in the league is right now at 11th best to go along with their sixth best defense. They're pushing almost there to be top 10 in offensive rating and top 10 in defensive rating. And CJ McCollum working off ball, being a very selfish player like this is a real big part of it. They've needed the shooting around Zion Williamson, around Brandon Ingram, less mid range, more court spacing. And when CJ has been playing like this and getting hot in just simple actions, right? Spotting up, let Zion kick the ball out for him, right? Working with BI, setting flare screens, doing things like that. I use all the lingo that doesn't really matter here, right? He's taking more threes. He's making more threes. It's really as simple as that. And that's been a real important thing when it comes to this team and their offense being elevated. And you've got to give credit CJ for being selfless like that and doing what's best to help the team win. More on why he's doing that, though. The leadership in the defense that he's bringing to is kind of surprising. Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about Jace Medical. Look, we come to the show to talk Pelicans, kind of something that brings us joy, makes us happy, escape from the crazy realities of real life. But let's talk for a minute about preparing for real life, right? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of one of the worst flu seasons in a decade. It's pretty scary. And you never want to be in a situation where you're just going to feel helpless because someone you love is sick while a supply chain issue is keeping them from life-saving medication that they need. And thankfully, you don't need to worry about that with Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. Things that could happen to any of us. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Look, I have a Jace case. I keep it in my Hurricane Go bag. So go to jacemedical.com. Use offer code Locked On to get $20 off your order. That's jacemedical, J-A-S-E, medical.com. Offer code Locked On to get $20 off your order. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking the team down like nobody else does. I want to get into the defense a little bit early next week. The defense has been good this season. I want to break down exactly what they're doing to shed some light on the X's and O's behind 
all of that. We'll see how this weekend goes, how this set against the Dallas, uh, the Denver Nuggets and then the Dallas Mavericks and then another game against the Dallas Mavericks goes. Uh, you've got three games in four days coming up here. So it's going to be a rough one for the Pelicans. This will be a tough test for them, but they can win some of these. That'll be good. Might be tough if guys aren't playing. We'll look at the injury report Give you what I think is going on here coming up in the third segment, the final segment of today's episode of Locked On Pelicans here. But I want to continue talking about CJ McCollum. First, though, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right. Let's get into more C.J. McCollum. We just went over the offensive numbers. The three-point shooting is the biggest thing from him here. But it's also the leadership and the defense that he's giving you this year. Because, look, he's not normally thought of as a defender, but he's not been a bad defender this year. When you look at basically every sort of defensive metric that you can measure and they're not great there's no real catch-all thing you know when it comes to that the team has been okay with him defensively on the court and more importantly I think when you look at it his individual numbers defensively have been good you know the Pelicans are 2.2 points per 100 possessions better with him on the court now that factors in the lineups that he's used in with things like that but defensively they've been better right like that's the overall the biggest thing is actually 2.2 points per 100 possessions on the defensive side of the ball so that doesn't include offense he's been good from that side of everything and I think that is really important to look at that he's just giving more of an effort on that side of the ball than we've really come to expect from him here. And I think that ties into his leadership, right? That's one of the reasons they brought him in at the trade deadline two years ago. This was a guy that they thought could really help some of these young guys. They've been looking to find leadership for Zion Williamson particularly and others for a number of years. They've gone through a couple of guys, right? J.J. Redick was a big one to try and do that. I think Derek Favors was one they really wanted as well. C.J. McCollum definitely has kind of the right attitude with all of that, whether it was calling Zion out for not calling him back, you know, after the trade deadline during the All-Star break and everything, his first time here in New Orleans to adapting his role right being more of a spot-up shooter now look cj also runs with the second unit some and some of the most effective lineups have him operating out of the pick and roll and in isolation with shooters around him which is leading him to score much better in terms of points per possession as the ball handler and in isolation as the pick and roll ball handler and in isolation than he has in the past And it's worth keeping an eye on the stats of CJ and Trey Murphy together because their net rating together is really good. You throw in Jordan Hawkins, too, and it's kind of obscene. It's just very limited sample size, and I don't think we can draw conclusions from it just yet. But the early returns are looking kind of good, but not in the way you think. It's more of a defensive thing than an offensive thing, which is also kind of odd. Again, that's just noise in all of this numbers. That's a digression here. So he still gets to kind of lead the team, but with the starters, he's learned he doesn't need to be the man. Floor General C.J. McCollum sounds great, hasn't been great in practice, and to see him be willing to adjust and shift his role, I think, is important. You remember those comments from Zion Williamson earlier on in the year when he's like, yeah, I'm just like adjusting, I'm kind of taking a back seat at times, I'm trying to figure out what I should be doing. Look, 
he uh, that all went away real fast. One, because they started using him a little bit better, Zion. But also, I'm sure CJ talked to him about it, right? If anyone's taking a different role, it's CJ McCollum this year. And if CJ, a guy who's been in the league that long, the head of the Players Association, someone that has massive amounts of respect from around the league, is willing to do it for the sake of winning, you would hope that Zion will get the message, right? If CJ's doing this, you know, what reason does anyone not have? If CJ is going to commit on the defensive side of the ball, why shouldn't everybody be committing on the defensive side of the ball? And look, you're seeing Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson more locked in than ever before on defense. I bet CJ has a role to play in that. You know, when you talk about culture, players are a big part of that along with the head coach in the front office. Look, the Miami Heat was just on our Locked On NBA podcast. Make that your second listen today. You know, talking about how Eric Spolstra just got that massive extension. And, you know, Gilbert Arenas was recently on his podcast saying, hey, you know, heat culture is Spo culture. It's not a Miami heat thing. It's an Eric Spolstra thing. I don't fully agree with that. But Spolstra has definitely carried some of that going forward. But, you know, also a big part of the reason they had such a strong culture was the veteran in the locker room in Udonis Haslam, who just never played, but they kept around for years because of what he meant to the team and what he would do to other players. He wasn't scared to call them out. The Miami Heat are known for having a very rigorous conditioning program and conditioning test that you need to pass before you're going to be practicing in training camp and things like that. And if you want to be part of the Miami Heat, you've got to pass this test. Look, guys might be like, screw that, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to take it seriously. But when Udonis Haslam at age 40 is busting his butt to go and do that, that definitely sends a message to other guys. If that dude is doing it, everyone has to. What excuse do you have to not? So when CJ is sacrificing, when CJ is committing on the defensive side of the ball, what excuse does anyone else have to not do the exact same thing? And I think that really does send a message to the rest of the team, to guys like Zion Williamson, to guys like Brandon Ingram. So when you come up with, you know, fake trades, different things, move CJ, factor in that he's willing to do whatever it takes. Is he maybe a little expensive for a pure spot up shooter, which he's not doing, but I get what you're saying there. Yeah, but his contract and the extension and everything is also pretty good. He's making $35.8 million this year, 33.333 next season. And then after that, it's 30.6 in the final year. When you look at the salary cap going up, that's not actually like that exorbitant in anything that I'm looking at and being like, whoa, what? You know, for the leadership that he brings, the stability that he brings to this organization and the three-point shooting, that's all very needed. The willingness to adapt everything that he brings to this team, I think, has been hugely important here. You know, he's also one of the better, you know, free throw shooters on the team, which is needed at times, even though his numbers are down here in New Orleans compared to where it was in Portland for whatever reason that happens here. But he's done kind of everything you need and he's willing to sacrifice, you know, this guy who's never been an all-star. I'm sure he'd like to make an all-star team and be on there. And could he do that by kind of being a gunner, going out and scoring? Maybe. Or he could just try and win games. He didn't, you know, last year was the first year in his career he hasn't made the playoffs. Didn't seem to like that too much and really dedicated himself to the gym, to being the best kind of version of himself and the, you know, whatever it was going to be to help him win this, you know, help this team win. I love having a guy like that 
on the squad here. So CJ's been really having a good year. Definitely deserves his credit for everything that he's brought to the team, the professionalism, the three-point shooting being real big too. Don't get me wrong. All that's important as well. But love seeing what CJ has done this season and then committing defensively, helping this team be a lead on that. More on the defense early on in the next week maybe on what tuesday wednesday maybe on monday we got a bunch of stuff to cover them back to back this weekend then they play on monday so maybe it'll be like wednesday we'll see we're gonna try and get in talk about the x's and o's of the defense which might look a little bit different after this weekend but we're gonna kind of do it for a snapshot from the loss to the lakers to where they are right now because they are terrifying and what they're doing schematically is really working and there's some pretty creative and awesome things there that's something that's going to be coming next week on the Locked On Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up, injury report. It's actually like long. CJ McCollum's on there too. Tell you what you need to do. No. Oof. Tell you what you need to know. There you go. Coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. It's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America and the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you versus the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more or less on the stat projection for two to six players and you watch the winnings roll in. And with the NFL playoffs here, NBA season underway, you can get it on a combo projection. Take CJ McCollum and Travis Kelsey at a 10 and a half combo of three pointers made and receptions. And they also offer an injury reboot policy. If you pick a player in basketball or football who exits the game in the first half, doesn't return in the second, player is rebooted. Your entry doesn't just like vanish, go away right there, right? They have an injury insurance policy, and Prize Picks is the only place that has it. Plus, withdrawals are easy, and it's just easy to go through and pick the numbers that you want. So if you want to get involved in it, go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA for a first time deposit match up to $100. It's free money right there. When you use promo code locked on NBA, Picks, it's daily fantasy sports made easy. And thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. We are covering it all, whether it's the X's and O's, whether it's the trade rumors, the trade talk, all of that. We've got you here on the Lockdown Pelicans podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. There's 9,000 of you who subscribed on YouTube. I appreciate that. Let's keep it growing. This Pelicans team is looking fun right now. Tell a friend about the show as well. We are the number one Pelicans podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We had over 1,500 of y'all join in for a little bit of time for the live show we did after that Warriors win. That was incredible. We might do another uh, bonus live show. We'll see. Maybe, maybe Friday night, maybe not. Maybe Saturday night, maybe not. I'll give you a, a heads up and keep an eye here. Subscribe and you'll get notified if and when we go live after those games. Feeling like maybe we do. Okay, so let's look at, well, tonight's game against the Denver Nuggets. This was always going to be a tough game. But Denver is not playing particularly well. I wonder if that factors in to what the Pelicans are thinking. They just got beat on Wednesday night badly by the Utah Jazz. 124-111. The Jazz kind of like ran them out. Denver is good, right? 26 and 13, third in the NBA's Western Conference here. 
But not, I don't know. That that loss to the Jazz is kind of like eye-opening here when it comes to everything. And they're pretty healthy too. Pelicans on the flip side are not healthy. You know, for this game against the Denver Nuggets, four key guys are all listed as questionable here. Zion Williamson's got a right quad contusion. He's listed as questionable. He was listed as questionable going into the Golden State Warriors game. Then he played. Trey Murphy left knee tendonitis, also questionable. He just missed three games with all of that. Brandon Ingram is listed as questionable with right Achilles soreness. And CJ McCollum is also listed as uh, questionable with a right ankle sprain. This is a tough back-to-back. You know, you have the Denver Nuggets here. This is a tough one. This is your final game. You've lost, I think, two to them and beaten them once. Getting this win would be big. Or if it's, um, I can't even remember how many. I think they played it two, three, it doesn't matter. You'd like to get this win on the road. But knowing that you're then going to go to Dallas, which is a much more winnable game, you know, that's the one maybe you want to have your guys ready for. The general prevailing strategy when you are playing on a back-to-back and deciding to rest guys is you play them in the one that you think you can really win, right? Say you were playing against the Detroit Pistons on the second night of a back-to-back, playing Denver on the first night. If you would rest guys against Denver and still play them against the Pistons because you want to make sure you get that win. Playing them against Denver... If you can only pick one, doesn't guarantee you the win there. Playing against a team like the Pistons does. This is not exactly that scenario here. But if they feel that the Dallas game is more winnable than the Denver Nuggets game, and Dallas just had an awful loss, awful loss to the Memphis Grizzlies that makes them such a disappointing team. They got smoked 120-103 by a team that didn't have Desmond Bain or Jaron Jackson Jr. and didn't have... Uh, John Morant and then also lost Marcus Smart for like half the game because he's out for like a couple of weeks now with like whatever he did to his finger dislocated it's something else so you definitely feel you can beat the Dallas Mavericks more confidently than you do the Denver Nuggets so if you're going to rest guys on the second you know on a back-to-back you rest them now on the first night of the back-to-back and then play them against Dallas so I wouldn't be shocked if all of these guys sit out and then they play against the Dallas Mavericks on the second night here and then play, you know, on Monday against that team too. And just makes it a little bit easier, a little bit better for you to try and get those wins against the team that you're competing a little bit closer with in the standings here and that you also have a chance to win the season series against or at least split because Dallas and the Pelicans are one in one so far. So that's kind of what I expect. I, I would be shocked if they all play. The, the The disappointing thing is ESPN, right? We just talked about in yesterday's show about changing the narrative around this Pelicans team, right? Now, finally, you can talk about it. They're putting it together. They're playing. You trust this team, all of those things. And then your next national TV game, it's like, oh, and nobody's going to be playing. That's not going to be a fun situation. It's going to create more noise and narrative around Zion Williamson. That's going to all be negative. But it is probably strategically the best thing. One of the questions in the live show yesterday was like, Zion's playing and it seems like the the rest strategy and everything that they're doing is working. And the answer to that is like, yeah, he's playing games. They're winning games. That's the most important thing here. So even if they do that and they kind of punt this game against the Denver Nuggets, and they'll never like really admit this, right? But this is, again, the prevailing strategy that teams use 
it'll be a little bit disappointing, but you've got to take the long view, the long outlook with all of this. And I think that is the biggest thing. So would like to make sure that this team goes out and wins tons of games. So maybe it's better to do that in two games against the Dallas Mavericks. No matter what, the Pelicans have done a very good job on this tough stretch of schedule here. These three games are going to be tough if you can go you know, two and one, I think that would be great. One and two doesn't even look terrible here either. You'd be at that point, they're four and one in January, right? So you'd be five and one, something like that. I forget what it is. And that also would work. So let's see what they keep doing here. But Pelicans trending in the right direction with everything. I want to see them keep it going. Just injuries coming up at the wrong time, but I think this is mainly going to be rest and these guys will be okay. They'll play minutes and it'll end up being all fine. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. Maybe some bonus shows over the weekend. Let me see how I'm feeling. If I just need a break, I'll let you know soon with all of that. Maybe we'll at least do it on one of these games. Maybe the Dallas game, whatever one all the guys playing is probably what we'll likely do. If not both of them, depending on what happens. So subscribe to the Locked on Pelicans YouTube page for those shows when they go live. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. This has been the Lockdown Pelicans Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And I'll see you all next time.